0: Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders in their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member to universities in the U.S. and Germany. With us today is Doug McCullough. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Doug is the CIO of the city of Dublin, Ohio. He is a leader working on initiatives ranging from connected and autonomous vehicles to expanding broadband networks to smart cities and blockchain. Doug is passionate about the technology workforce and the changing nature of the technical talent pool. He's on the advisory board of Perscolas in Columbus, Ohio, and the national advisory board of TechCorp, both organizations that work to expose people to opportunities in the technology workforce. I want this Voice America series to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that will prepare them to lead their organizations in these dynamic times that we face. The more effective leaders we have, the better the journey as the world changes. I also hope this show shares options and promotes an environment where our national and global audiences continue to find new ways to work together peacefully and effectively across borders and boundaries. In addition to sharing models and our experiences, I invite you to find one thing in this weekly show that you can put into practice in your own leadership. Doug's going to be talking about technology leadership and building our technical workforce. And I believe that the same challenges that the technology workforce faces are also faced across our communities, domestic and abroad, as technology changes the challenges that we all face Escalate. And so, having leaders who can change personally how they lead on a regular basis means that we don't fall across a finish line and find that we are outdated, hence, the innovating how we lead. So in this session, we're talking about building a talented workforce, being a key element for growing our community. For Doug, being named in the top 20 for Amazon's Headquarters too is a wake-up call for members of this community. The question to us as a community, are we prepared to grow and compete with other communities that have other natural advantages? This ability to compete comes down to access to talent. And how do we grow talent? So as IT leaders, who do we presume will come in to address this question? We as IT leaders need to engage in the conversation and develop new skill sets for ourselves. It's up to us to build a community that builds sustainable talent flow. This challenge should be embraced by all leaders, not just IT leaders, as we all face these challenges as our community grows and evolves. And again, this isn't exclusive to Columbus, but around – The globe, we have communities growing and evolving and others shrinking. And if the goal is to create a more healthy ecosystem, we all need to move with those changes. So, Doug, welcome. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So, we talked about in the intro Amazon being attracted. So, what happened? If Amazon is attracted, are we now in the game? I think
2: we are in the game. I think uh, being named uh, the smartest community in the world, uh, at least in America, and the most intelligent community in the world in 2015 Mm -hmm. by the Intelligent Communities Forum, uh, the world has noticed Central Ohio. The world is understanding Columbus, and people are paying attention. And I think uh, Amazon is having a bit of fun with the world in naming their headquarters, uh-huh. uh, but they named us to the top 20. And I think that we all need to stand up and take notice and ask ourselves, what does that actually mean? How can we capitalize on being noticed in that way, and what uh-huh. should we be doing to make other corporate headquarters take a look at Ohio again?
1: As the CIO of Dublin, Ohio, what does that mean for you? Well.
2: Central Ohio, all of us really desire to be a technology center. Uh Uh, We believe that we are a wonderful place for people to come and innovate, a place for startups, a Uh place for research, and it is a core part of our economy and our direction in the future. So as a CIO, I find myself more concerned with economic development than I have ever in my Uh career. And I think that we need to concern ourselves with what technology companies are looking for. And that's how I come around to talent, uh, but not just talent. Uh, We have Mm -hmm. a great university here. We have several great universities Mm -hmm. in central Ohio, and uh, we need to concern ourselves with where our economy is going, because that's gonna impact all of us. What Mm -hmm. kind of jobs we're gonna have, how we're going to feed our families, and and what does our future look like?
1: And I think those concerns and questions are universal.
2: They are, yes.
1: So how do we attract talent, build talent, create that funnel or pipeline?
2: Yeah, and I think uh, it's one of the questions that we've been asking recently. What's interesting is when you think about uh, bots or robots Mm -hmm. or automation Mm -hmm. or many of the Mm -hmm. so-called threats to some of our livelihoods, All of us are impacted by that, not just IT talent or technology Mm -hmm. talent. Mm -hmm. All of us need to compete in technology no matter what our industry is. And as a result, we need our entire workforce, not just our IT workforce, to sort of be retooled. And our incoming students, our Mm -hmm. graduates, Mm -hmm. are not going to be enough. So we're looking at a situation in which we fear losing our jobs. But in fact, we're in a situation in which we don't have enough people to fill the jobs that are coming, what are we going to do about that? I think it's going to require a more comprehensive look at talent generally Mm -hmm. and not only how we get new people into these fields, but how we promote people and how Mm -hmm. we allow people to move through the system Mm -hmm. in a more frictionless way.
1: I like the term frictionless. And as we look at baby boomers retiring, artificial intelligence, blockchain, it sounds like The composition of the workforce is going to change and need to change
2: it does and the way that we look at human resources Mm -hmm. has to change it's interesting because i did choose to use the word friction people can move around in their careers and much has Mm -hmm. been said about millennials having 11 or more career changes in their lives but we're feeling that now it's not just millennials but it's their generation Mm -hmm. all of us are having career changes That means we need to adapt new skills. It means that we're all going to have a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. Is the workforce ready for those changes? Is it ready to make it possible for us to move from one career area to another, to climb a ladder, to -hmm. make lateral moves, to go into completely different areas? In order for us to skill up our artificial intelligence workforce, Mm -hmm. we're going to need people from – vastly different career fields. And so that's an example of how we need more frictionless change mm-hmm. in order for us to adapt quickly enough to meet the needs of the coming workforce.
1: So you've said a couple things that really strike me. One, the reason I built this company in the way we did and t- and the foundation being Innovating How We Lead is I worked with executives who worked incredibly hard on the business, mm-hmm. and they didn't work on themselves, mm-hmm. and then they found themselves unemployed, and unemployable at the same level, until they updated how they they worked. Their leadership skills, their main skills, had become outdated at best. So the idea of learning organizations, which have just become, a, it becomes a buzzword, mm-hmm. but the underlying that is precious people who are so dedicated to moving companies forward and then they end up ill-prepared for their next assignment.
2: It's absolutely right. It's a, a point of fear that I think motivates a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we want to live in fear, but we do need to live in reality. Mm-hmm. And we're all adding value and we're mm-hmm. all contributing our talent. But what the workforce or the economy values in us itself is changing. And For those of us who are sitting comfortably on the right degree or -hmm. the right school or the right personal network, I think we'll find that that's not going to be enough. But that's not a doomsday scenario. I think what's the good news about this is that potentially our workforce could open up and allow for competition and participation by members who – did not go to the right school or have the right degree or the right personal network. When the game changes, it allows Mm -hmm. more people potentially to participate in the economy. And that means those people who have a skill of fluid learning are going Mm -hmm. to do well. And those people who just happen to be sitting in a great position are still going to do well as long as they change the way that they acquire skills.
1: So it sounds like you're painting an image of a potential future, different, but exciting for a lot of people.
2: It's exciting to me. Uh, okay. You know, we can go in one of two directions, you know, dystopia mm-hmm. or utopia. We'll probably mm-hmm. wind up in the middle, as we always have. <laughs> but um, I think it is potentially exciting because people can enter this field who in the past would not have been able to. And people can change and and move in different directions. In the past, we've had much longer careers where you'd kind of get stuck Mm -hmm. somewhere or you are unable to advance. And we still have those problems, Mm -hmm. but I'm looking at an exciting future in which we utilize more people and we do more interesting things and we change frequently.
1: So you mentioned AI and blockchain. How do those feed into this scenario, future scenario?
2: Well, they're kind of different as technologies, but when I think about them, I think about technologies that vastly change the architecture and infrastructure of how many of us are trained in technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of us, when we learned about data, it was around a database of some sort. Mm -hmm. Data is changing to be a much more uh, living thing. And many of our training programs do not have the context for even training people to deal with something like AI. It's a completely way of thinking about, a a different way of thinking about uh, how data is structured. So Mm -hmm. that's exciting. Same thing with blockchain. For many people, accessing and interacting with blockchain will be the same as if they were interacting with any other standard database. But it allows for new applications that is gonna change how many companies and and organizations deploy their technology. So there are new opportunities, for example, for very small organizations to command a huge aspect of the economy that it used to take a GE or a Boeing mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do. Now a tiny three-person organization can build those applications that you know can become a billion dollar business in a month. That's a radical change to our economy that I find exciting, but I think people are going to have to wrap their minds around it still.
1: So let's talk about friction, because you talk about wrapping our minds around it. Mm -hmm. Coming from an economics background, we assumed away some of the friction. We assume everyone's rational, self-maximizing, by, I think, a a fairly common standard. And we may assume that people are rational, but their rationale may be different than my sense of rational. Mm -hmm. So we are helping people move through, there is some friction. Can you talk about what would reduce that friction?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think that we're acting rationally. I think we have rational thoughts. (laughs) I think that we believe that by going through a university system, you can prove certain skills and you can hire people when they have something called a degree. And that is the system we have in place. We don't have enough people with those degrees, and mm-hmm. we, we only hire certain specific degrees. We also have situations in which people have those degrees and are experiencing friction when entering the workplace or, by the way, when being promoted. I'll use this opportunity to talk about women in technology who may have all of the qualifications but find themselves mm-hmm. with a pay differential or find themselves not being promoted into the best projects that is happening in the technology industry that's friction if you mm-hmm. ask anybody do you have a system that treats men and women differently mm-hmm. they would say no of course we don't we have a meritocracy and you know that just doesn't mm-hmm. exist but there is that reality and so i think that while we have a rational conception of the systems we put in place to train, recruit, retain, and promote people. In reality, people are experiencing all kinds of difficulties. I mean, the concept of a glass ceiling itself is friction. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that it's real, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I don't think that we have considered it when we're thinking about how we build what the next system is. Are we truly acting rationally, or do we have some structures that we need to take another look at?
1: Okay, so that especially being female.
2: It's not rational, is it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to not focus on what is imperfect. I want to focus on the opportunities I do have. Mm -hmm. So I see where it's not rational, and I see where we as human beings have implicit biases. And I like to believe the best in people, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we always act in a way that is again, externally rational, nor best for the system in which we operate.
2: Yeah, I think taking a a bird's eye view of that system and its performance is useful for us, particularly in technology. It works Mm -hmm. for any part of the workforce. But in technology, we have good numbers. We have good data. Mm -hmm. We know that we need this huge amount of people. We have a certain number of Uh H-1B visas that we Mm -hmm. apply for. We have uh, job numbers. We have skill sets that are very well defined. And then we also have a workforce that's attempting to fulfill those skill sets and, Mm -hmm. and is having difficulty getting in. We find large companies attempting to bring people in when they have the talent within their own workforce. Mm. I don't think that they're acting irrationally, but I do think that an analysis of our workforce can be done more accurately. Okay, uh, If we were to treat our workforce more like machines, not mm-hmm. saying that we'll do that, but you know, if the machine worked to spec, you would employ it. You wouldn't say, you know, we have this rule, or we we do things in a certain way, and it's always worked for us before. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that if the machine worked. You you'd treat it as a working component. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that we do that, but I will say that we're not acting as rationally as we would like to. Congratulate ourselves for.
1: I love that thought. So on that, we're going to go on break. Doug McCullough and Maureen Metcalf talking about leveraging workforces and helping them transform.
0: Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today.
1: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to
1: Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are with Doug McCullough. He's the CIO of the City of Dublin. And, Doug, we have an event coming up here in Columbus, and I want to use this as an example of how our community is attending to some of the workforce questions and using this as a community conversation because it's solved by the community, not by the IT folks or by HR folks or those people in the universities. Mm-hmm. It, it is really a collective challenge and a collective opportunity. So can you talk a little bit about the upcoming event and and how it's structured to help us sit as a community with this question.
2: Absolutely. Uh, the event is called CIO Tomorrow, and it's been going on for about 15 years. The CIO Forum of Columbus organizes this event, and uh, it is sponsored by Columbus Business First. and the event is a great opportunity. There's about 150, 160 CIOs in, in the Columbus area who meet monthly and, and discuss uh, items like this, and, and mm-hmm. we put on an annual conference. And at that conference, we try and talk about what is the key kind of subject that's important for us as IT leaders. And this year, it's around talent. So the theme of the conference this year is widening the talent pool, a call to action. And the concept here is that you know, we talk about diversifying our workforce. We talk about recruiting. We talk about a gap in talent that we're not Mm -hmm. getting enough people. And we have to ask the question, because we're seeing a lot of people come into the workforce. Is there a gap in our appreciation of our workforce? Are students or our people entering the workforce fully prepared to Mm -hmm. join that workforce that we have here? If we have been noticed by Amazon HQ2 as a Incredibly important community, one of the top Mm -hmm. 20 in the country, Mm -hmm. what does that say about our workforce? And so we felt that having this theme would be good uh, this year, particularly Mm -hmm. since we're in a position to invite to this conference uh, not only CIOs and IT leaders, but also we wanted to talk to the HR industry. We also wanted to talk to higher education Mm. uh, because they're part of the conversation. CIOs and IT shops are not alone going to change the workforce equation. We need to be talking to our universities about this, and that's why we have content in there from Columbus State, uh, from OSU, uh, and from other higher education, and we have HR Mm -hmm. professionals in the story as well. We also have a population that we've been calling digital influencers. And these are digital leaders who are not necessarily CIOs Mm -hmm. or C-suite leaders, but they may be company owners, entrepreneurs, small shops. They may be solopreneurs. But like I was talking about a three-person shop Mm -hmm. before, they have a significant amount of influence. And so this is the ecosystem that we believe makes up our market, our workforce, Mm -hmm. and this is the appropriate community to take this challenge on, and we can fix it ourselves. These are not problems that we need someone from the outside to come in and fix our our talent recruitment uh, system. Mm -hmm. We can do it ourselves.
1: So at this point, I want to, again, suggest to our listeners, because we are truly a global listener base, that what the CIO Forum, including Doug, are doing here is really an example of what a community is doing to address what I assume is a common challenge across the globe right now.
2: Right. And that's an approach that we in the Columbus area feel that we should take. Often we create problems. We can fix problems Mm -hmm. as a community, Mm -hmm. and we do not expect our corporate sector to do that alone. Mm -hmm. We do not expect our government to step in and do that, Mm -hmm. and we do not expect us as individuals. We expect to collaborate and to work together Mm -hmm. to talk things out to uncover uncomfortable truths Mm -hmm. and to take action. And so our Mm -hmm. call to action is an important part of our theme for that event this year because just talking and bemoaning problems is not sufficient. Let's talk about what we can do to change our hiring practices. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what we should do to inform universities about what we need out of graduates. Mm -hmm. There's any number of different things we can talk about.
1: So if this session has the optimal outcome. So it's a day long. What is the result?
2: You know, people should leave energized. People mm-hmm. should leave uh, feeling that they have concrete examples of what other people have done, mm-hmm. actions that they themselves can take. People should leave challenged and people should leave motivated. Mm-hmm. It is a one-day conference, but there's some things happening beforehand, some video and some social media mm-hmm. to try and engage this community around changing our attitudes, Mm -hmm. changing our practices, and changing how we contribute to the rest of the Mm -hmm. community in terms of cultivating a workforce, promoting that workforce, changing what's happening with the workforce when they're already engaged, retention. So people should leave with definite strategies and they should be directly challenged to do something different.
1: So I'll be attending. I'll leave with hopefully inspiration. That's easy to, to find ongoing action and partners to collaborate with. I assume there'll be networking and each of us will connect with one or two people that will carry forward something.
2: There will be, and that should be a part of any good conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will say we have made an effort to not just have a conference for CIOs. Mm -hmm. We have done that in the past. There's nothing wrong with it. But the goal here is to include Opportunities to run into and connect directly with people who are not in the C suite. Mm -hmm. So, for example, having HR professionals and also having. People who are a part of the workforce community in technology Mm -hmm. who can connect with CIOs. This is gonna be different than we've done in the past. It's not just an executive kind of uh, event. And we have made a concerted effort to reach out to, for example, our digital influencer community. These are people who organize meetups, Mm -hmm. they're coders. There are people who may not even desire to become CIOs, but Mm -hmm. they will be the leaders who are Driving and directing our workforce practices for the next decade. So we need to have a conversation about how the C suite is interacting with the meetup community and the startup community because it's one technology ecosystem, at least Mm -hmm. from the perspective of an Amazon or a Microsoft or a big company that's looking at us from the outside. Mm -hmm. They don't see big company versus startup. They just see a technology community, and they want to know, do you have the workforce to support it? And that's why we have to include all of these different populations and communities.
1: As a member of the community, I really encouraged that we're looking across the community. I worked on a project a number of years ago, attracting and Retaining IT Talent, sponsored by Tech Columbus, an organization that doesn't even exist in its current form. And that was really one of the questions, maybe ahead of its time, but how do we create the collaboration across the community to attract and retain, and I would say that was also a build because we included our universities.
2: And this is not the only activity engaged in trying to do that, but I would say that CIO Tomorrow is the CIO community's Mm -hmm. contribution to that. Mm -hmm. But there are others. Uh, We have a very robust and strong economic development organization Mm -hmm. in Columbus 2020. The Columbus Partnership is a big deal. We also have significant, I would say, for our community venture capital, Mm-hmm. Uh, we have finance, we have a robust legal community. So a lot of different constituencies are contributing mm-hmm. to this. And I think that if the CIO community does not lead and do its part, then we're in trouble. But all of us have to do that. I'll say also for our student community, there's a robust young community in the Columbus area uh, mm-hmm. that we benefit from. So we've mm-hmm. got to give them some resources.
1: And a reason to stay Yeah, once they graduate. In fact, I interviewed Alex Fisher from the Columbus Partnership, so that will air after this show. Mm-hmm. So so we will be looking at others from the ecosystem and also Steve Greeter from Expedient talking about the IT Leaders Development Program. Also how the business community is supporting the overall development. So Expedient is sponsoring the the program that brings in 50 IT leaders They're not developing exclusively their people. They're developing back to the ecosystem. Right. And healthy ecosystem. And
2: again, this is not a silver bullet. There's not Uh. a single path to addressing this. But I think what we want the outside world to know is that we are doing multiple things around retention, around Mm -hmm. training, around uh, all of these questions uh, because the world takes notice of communities that do Mm -hmm. that. There's not gonna be one single hero or one great funder or one great idea. But people notice when, you know, you seem to have a lot of things going on there in Columbus. I'd better come check it Mm -hmm. out. That's what we're seeing, I think.
1: You know, we talk about, uh, my work is the, in part, leader of the future, so Leader 2050. And we have a list of mindsets and competencies. So not only how do I behave, but how do I look at the world? Mm -hmm. And if we look at the individual leader, we look at things like innately collaborative and and a 360-degree thinker, we could apply those same competencies to the community and an intelligent leadership community also needs to be innately collaborative 360 degree thinker looking at all of the elements of the system and then this idea of humble and tenacious that some days good some days bad and we keep going
2: right and I would say also equitable Mm
1: -hmm.
2: uh, sharing resources or making resources available to the widest possible population so that your workforce can grow Mm -hmm. Um, you know you have to spread the seeds and the fertilizer and the water Mm -hmm. Widely, And I think that when you look around at the Columbus area, you find that example in our organizations, in our individuals, and in our institutions. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. So I want to shift gears slightly. What does the technology leader of the future look like as we're talking about the ecosystem and how do we create it? What does it look like? So if I see it, I know it. Or if I'm trying to become it, I know it.
2: You know, I'm encouraging people as I talk to high schools and, and, you know, I've spoken to Dublin City Schools a couple of times and, and others who are trying to decide, should I go into technology? What is a, mm-hmm. What does leadership kind of look like? And I believe it's going to be look much more collaborative. You're mm-hmm. looking really more at a team. Mm-hmm. You're looking at more than that individual contributor or that personal genius. More than that, I, I'm going to be looking for people who are – trying to lead a team into success or be part of a team that is successful. Mm-hmm. I don't think individuals are going to do it anymore. And I think we also have to look at the technology landscape and understand that AI, bots, automation, augmented reality are going to be a part of our world. So someone who is a great talent contributor and a leader is going to be someone who can get other people uh, able to contribute at a higher level than they could alone. Mm -hmm. So those are the Mm -hmm. qualities. I think it's going to open up our workforce to people who previously have not had those opportunities because they weren't the most brilliant coder or they did not understand Mm -hmm. IT security that well. But we are integrating these uh, talents and these capabilities, and future leaders are gonna have to cover more bases, which means they're gonna be more generalists, I think.
1: Interesting, so that does Mm -hmm. open up the opportunity for someone who's not brilliant technically, but from an interpersonal perspective, they're better.
2: Absolutely, there are many, many brilliant technologists who cannot solve big problems because Mm -hmm. those problems are organizational, they're economics, they are personal, The ability Mm -hmm. to look out across a population and solve a problem, it's not necessarily going to be purely technical.
1: You know, other competencies we talk about in the Leader 2050 are intellectually versatile. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing you're pointing to that I hear is kind of that emotional intelligence, reflective, I can inspire people to follow me rather than I tell them what to do.
2: And empathetic. Mm -hmm. I would also say that ethics is a big issue that we're having now, and we can't have people who are simply trained in how to make the machines work perfectly Mm -hmm. when we need people who can ask and answer the questions of why Mm -hmm. and should we and what
1: could go wrong. And one of our other competencies is unwavering commitment to right action, Mm -hmm. which means I have to be able to figure out what right means through what lens So the integrity and then the willingness to put the good of the group ahead of the good of myself.
2: Yeah. And I think that's leadership. Mm -hmm. And I I can imagine people leading a technical team who are not necessarily themselves technical. Mm -hmm. If you've got an AI expert, you want them working on that AI. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want them leading the team. But someone could come from a different discipline. And our industry needs to be flexible enough to accept New people from new disciplines who have something to contribute to our technical teams, and they themselves may not be technical.
1: So just to wrap up this this segment then, the idea that our leaders, technology leaders, some will still be brilliant subject matter experts, but we'll have more who are general, and there will be a greater emphasis on the leadership skills over the technical skills,
2: yeah, and I would say also lateral leadership. So okay. it's not necessarily I lead this team, mm-hmm. but you may be a team contributor who's able to get everybody on one page. And also flexibility and fluidity of skills is a key aspect of tomorrow's leaders.
1: That, I think that's a brilliant catch. With the rate of change being resilient and fluid just seems like price of entry now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You imagine yourself on a team of five who's been doing something for three years, and now suddenly they've been disrupted and need to change. Mm -hmm. If you've got somebody on that team who can lead them along, you're going to have a successful team. Mm -hmm. But if they're all inflexible, you're in trouble.
1: The growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Absolutely. Yeah, and having been on some of those teams that were less agile, Mm -hmm. it's a tough path forward.
2: Yeah, it's not optional. being agile or not. Every successful team is going to have to do that, but not necessarily every member of that team. And so you can be a great contributor if you can bring the organization around. And I think that's gonna be happening more from the middle. And these digital Mm -hmm. leaders and IT leaders are not necessarily a CIO or a director. Mm -hmm. They may be a scrum master, You know, those are the kinds of things that we should be keeping our eyes open for.
1: And that brings us back to the question or the comment you made about digital leaders and that they opening up the conversation to them in addition to the senior.
2: I think so. And this is an attempt to do that this year with CIO Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And a key aspect of this is do you, when you become a leader, just bring the answers Or do you bring the environment in which your whole organization is listening and learning from each other? To me, that's more valuable leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, in leadership, need to begin adapting ourselves as well into a new way of interacting with our organizations.
1: And transforming the culture and the systems. Right. Because without that, that's kind of the rubber band that pulls it back to the old way of being.
2: Right. Our hierarchical way of organizing ourselves has worked for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. But in a world of AI, in a world of ever-changing, almost daily-changing mm-hmm. technical opportunities, hierarchies like that, and just becoming flat isn't enough either. We need to think again about our flexibility. It, it may mean becoming whatever structure is needed for this moment.
1: That's a brilliant observation. So, on that note, whatever structure is needed, we're going to take a break. This is Maureen Metcalf and Doug McCalla talking about talent as the jet fuel for driving successful organizations and communities.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24 7. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today.
1: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations to reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790 That's 1-866-472-5790 Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com Now, back to this week's program Welcome
1: back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations You're with Maureen Metcalf and Doug McCullough talking about talent development across the community. And so, Doug, during break, we were talking about the importance of not leaving people behind. So can you say a little bit more about that?
2: Sure. I guess when I hear organizations talk about needing talent and not being able to find it, I have to think that you could go out and see that it's just not available. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. have any job seekers then. Yeah. How is it possible that we have people with talent but just not 18 out of the 20 requirements. Mm -hmm. They have 16. You know, we have stacks of resumes that we go through. And, you know, I I recently went through 100 to find 12. Uh, That's 100 resumes. (laughs) There's a lot of people out there who are available. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel that we should focus ourselves on who may be being left behind, not only in entering this workforce, but also in getting promoted, getting the opportunity to grow, And what my fear is, is that we're leaving more people behind than we need to. And if we can fix that, not only is our economy going to be better, Mm -hmm. but our neighborhoods and our community is going to be better because this technology industry has yielded such great salaries, such great Mm -hmm. unemployment, such great resources and opportunities for so many people, if there's more. We should be able to find it within our community. And so I'm committed to working with organizations to Mm. determine how do we make sure that this opportunity hits everybody and not just those in a traditional Mm -hmm. position.
1: It's also a passion of mine. We talk about the aging workforce. Mm -hmm. We're going to live longer. So you and I may live to be about 100. If I retired at 60 or 65 – what would i do for 35 years there's right. not enough i don't golf right there's not enough to do and for many people the idea of retiring and living on savings lots of people don't have it so how do we morph the workforce to create opportunities for people who are willing to work but with the responsibility of staying current and re-educating yeah. so we're not employing people whose skills are obsolete But their energy level may not be as high. Yeah, well,
2: I see our our workforce developing opportunities that are far safer than our ancestors in terms Mm of, uh, you know, you can work far longer. Mm -hmm. If we do potentially have 40 more years of productivity in us because our interface is voice, you know, Mm -hmm. we can speak into a computer and Mm -hmm. get it to do interesting things. Why would we leave behind that potential Mm -hmm. workforce. Mm -hmm. And so not only for that individual who may want to stay productive and earn, Mm -hmm. uh, but for our economy and for our organizations, Mm -hmm. it seems like a silly thing to do.
1: Then the other space is the digital divide that we have a, a whole cadre of people, many who don't graduate from high school, mm-hmm. talking to folks who's who will say, "My kids aren't working; they're living in my basement playing video games." So they evidently get technology. Right. They're, they're not sitting in the basement absent technology. How do we capture them and help them find a place that that fits? Yeah. That they and-
2: fit that population not only my kids in my basement but a significant portion of the world now is becoming more available and mm-hmm. this is a big concern for us how are we going to deal with more job losses thanks to automation mm-hmm. and not just that individual jobs the, the jobs just don't exist anymore mm-hmm. and we have available people with intelligence and creativity and we have a need We've got to mm-hmm. fix our hiring system, not our education system. You know, mm-hmm. we we can provide those skills, but we're not engaging enough people that we say we need. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the simplest link in the chain to fix.
1: So, in some cases, it's reskilling, just staying current. Mm-hmm. But then it sounds like the other piece is how do we select them?
2: It's interesting because when you use the word reskilling, I'm hearing from organizations now, some of whom I'm on the board of that Mm -hmm. are taking existing workforces and saying, you know, you've got a team of 30 here. Mm -hmm. Next month you need them to go in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. You give us four days with them and we will reskill your team. That's extremely valuable uh, so that you don't have to just, uh, you you have the opportunity to hire for the ability to be reskilled. And that's another change that I'm Mm -hmm. seeing in Mm -hmm. the technology workforce, that you may hire someone whose skill is the ability to pick up a skill. And I can give you 30 new skills. Mm -hmm. That's a much more valuable employee to that organization and a much more valuable organization to that employee. So now I am gonna stay with one organization because I am gonna Mm -hmm. have 10 different careers in the same place. And Mm -hmm. that is a outlook that I think is very creative on our part. And
1: I wanna restate that because I think that is so important that my biggest skill may be my ability to learn and apply those new skills quickly. So, again, back to kind of the agility, my mental and emotional agility or resilience.
2: Right. And our broken system is wanting that. It is actually Mm -hmm. going to the workforce and asking for that. But our questions and our degree system is Mm -hmm. around letter grades, Mm -hmm. grade point average, summa Mm -hmm. cum laude, Mm -hmm. what school did you go to? When actually what we want or claim to want is emotional intelligence, the ability to reskill quickly, adaptability. And so we don't have the questions and the interview process uh, to do that. And I honestly think that sitting across the table from a hiring manager and answering 10 questions is not going to get us that higher. Mm -hmm. What we need is another way of engaging each other, something like some new way of teamwork or... Uh, observing each other or working together that allows us to have a comfort level that this is a good investment, a people investment. That's an uh, aspect of us being irrational that I do wonder about.
1: Yeah, I have seen companies do kind of simulation interviews, mm-hmm. so it's possible, but it's a big investment of time.
2: And it's interesting; we can invest much less. Uh, one of the things we have learned: we did a listening event uh, for this uh, CIO tomorrow with digital influencers. And we've learned that many companies are using the meetup community to recruit because in meetups, you you stand up and you give a presentation on a particular subject. Maybe it's only 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, a lot of people can observe you and your skills. If you are able Mm -hmm. to stand up in front of 35 developers Mm -hmm. and stand your ground on a subject, you probably can be on a team with them. Mm -hmm. That's a much cheaper and wiser way of recruiting a developer And I think some companies are getting wise to that.
1: So they send their recruiting folks out to just observe.
2: What I've heard is that they're actually hosting, you know. Ah. it costs me uh, $40 in beer and Doritos. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I get 35 Mm -hmm. people to come into one of my conference rooms while it would otherwise be empty. And I get people Mm -hmm. from all sorts of different companies. Uh, These are the kinds of creative ways we need to – hackathons are another way. Mm -hmm. But they're so much more superior than interviewing Mm -hmm. not saying we're not going to keep on interviewing we have laws and we have all sorts of stuff we need to do Mm -hmm. but you're trying to recruit and attract and see how someone interacts in an environment close to yours we're going to have to be more creative
1: sorry my mind is still stuck on the agility piece and Mm -hmm. the learning piece so how do we teach that back to your in university we teach how to do the technical skills often, whether it's math or science or engineering. I teach in an engineering college, and we teach engineering. And, in fact, my class is one of the few that exposes young folks to the idea of emotional intelligence and how foundational self-awareness and self-management and those kinds of skills are to folks at any level. Yeah, It's not just leaders. I want my employees to be aware so that they can work as a team.
2: Right. And now someone has, uh, I don't think we get our universities to do it because someone, a lot of people are never going back to university mm-hmm. for more degrees. I have a theory about how do we do that. And I will say that I think that we should begin to lean on other ways of training ourselves and learning that mm-hmm. are not our university system. I think our university system is superior for core knowledge, base mm-hmm. infrastructure, foundational skills, and and some of The How do you learn to learn? I think some of it is there. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we should lean on some of the other kinds of learning opportunities in our community, which are nonprofit organizations, some of the conferences that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking about meetups and hackathons. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about technology ones. But there are a lot of good conferences and regular kind of groups Mm -hmm. that can help us adapt in ways that are not depending on tuition or mm-hmm. they don't cost anything. But we can, as a community, teach mm-hmm. ourselves to adapt to the new economy. Uh, and I think sometimes we make a mistake in looking for one of our traditional organizations mm-hmm. like government or universities mm-hmm. or, or or corporate uh, mm-hmm. to fix that for us. I think that we as a community can collaborate mm-hmm. and form new learning structures. That's just my theory.
1: As you say that I just keynoted uh- conference of project management institute mm-hmm. for 20 the leadership of 20 chapters on leadership and and we're doing a partnership with them to offer an online program where they get professional development credits, so project managers, lawyers with CLEs, accountants with CPU, or, mm-hmm. or con- continuing professional education. All of those that there is the opportunity to, through professional associations, as you say, to to have access to different, whether it's ours or the the thousands and hundreds of thousands of other options right. in the catalog.
2: I think you also are involved in training with uh, emerging IT leaders. Mm-hmm which is a sponsored activity that mm-hmm. many organizations in the area have sent people to. It's mm-hmm. not university training. Right. It's a unique new model mm-hmm. that we're trying. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why we can't experiment with models like that, where you take 50 people, mm-hmm. put them in a room with a couple of good trainers, and they emerge with some new skills. One of those skills could be, learning how to gather new skills.
1: Well, and one of the things about that program that I'm proudest of is not what we do in the classroom, but what they do out of the classroom that is taking them through building reflection skills, building, practicing these new leadership skills so they don't come in for an hour, go away, and think it was a good idea while they sat there, and then they go back to their incredibly long to-do list. Mm
2: -hmm. And the question is, can that be scaled And can it be expanded? And I think it can.
1: I hope so. For our community, I hope so, not just for our business. Right. So Doug, I hope that we have listeners who are incredibly inspired by this conversation and they want to learn more about what Columbus is doing. How would they learn that? Would they reach out to you or someone from the CIO Forum?
2: I recommend people uh, follow each other on social media, uh, CIO Forum. Angelo Mazzacco is a great person to know. If you don't uh-huh. already know him, you should tweet at me, at DougITPro. I also would come to this conference. Uh, you're uh-huh. going to meet everybody that we've been describing uh-huh. at CIO tomorrow, which, uh-huh. as this is airing, there's an opportunity still for you to go. There are many institutions here that you should be following. Rev one Ohio State University and some of those things that have those things going on. So,
1: And for our global listeners, so many of them won't mm-hmm. be able to be here. Mm-hmm. They can still follow you. They can still follow Angelo.
2: Yeah, I tweet about this stuff. Okay. Uh, not only the technology, but workforce development. Mm-hmm. And if you begin following me, you're going to see all of this stuff. I've been talking about it for several months now.
1: Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing with the conference and with the community. And for our listeners... By way of wrap-up, what Doug said that really resonated most with me is this idea that for our communities, as healthy ecosystems to continue to stay healthy and sustainable, we need to reduce the friction, create opportunities for those people who would be disenfranchised and disengaged and angry, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and bring them back into productive work and in many cases it means re-looking at our systems and how do we engage them? And how do we reskill in ways that aren't going back to college or not even getting another associate's degree? They can be creative new ways to engage. They can be online resources like this program that's free. Right. So there are a lot of opportunities that are minimal to minimal charge to free and on the other end of the scale there certainly you can go back and get a a full-blown education so we do encourage and i personally encourage folks who are listening to engage in certainly continuing to build your own leadership and then who else are you bringing along are you mentoring someone who isn't in the traditional bucket of people we mentor, but someone who is tangential and maybe has fewer opportunities on the surface. So, Doug, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. It's been wonderful.
1: And for our listeners, please do keep in touch. Email me at info at metcalf-associates.com or connect with us on Facebook at Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving
0: Organizations.